You're listening to Corner Memoirs of the Service Industry, a podcast set out to document the lives of those who work in service and hospitality. I'm Erica Chopo, and I'll be running the front of the house tonight. I'm a 22-year vet in the bar and restaurant scene and have worked and managed everything from Michelin star restaurants to dive bars and everything in between. I'm sitting down with members of our industry to talk about why they love doing what they do and share some stories along the way. Around every corner is a new story, a new hire, and a new experience. All right, welcome to Corner, Memoirs of the Service Industry. My name is Eric. Today, a good friend of mine, Anil, is joining us. Uh, He is a server. He's an actor. He's a family man. Uh, Welcome, Anil. How are you, sir? I'm I'm good. I'm uh, uh, you know um, uh, a bit uh, not shocked by a current situation here that we're kind of living out in uh, in here in Los Angeles. Um, It's uh, you know it's it's a funky time, but you know I'm healthy. My family is for the most part. Everybody's relatively healthy. Um, All of my friends are healthy. Um, and that's the important thing, I guess, you know, I mean, it's what the thing that I've, one of the things I've realized is just really how, how little I actually need, Yeah, uh, you know, uh, and so that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good. Good. Um, for, for a quick timestamp in case people listen in the future, this is July 1st of 2020. So we're what, four months I, into the, the second. A second, sorry, it's yeah. July second. Uh, you're in so, some kind of odd time warp where you're like a day behind. Always, yeah, yeah. I always feel like that. <laughs> um, you know, you lose track. I mean, I f- still feel like I'm in February, to be honest. Yes, like, no, yeah, I have no, I, I don't have any idea what day it is, what month we're in. It's all just like, Whoa. yeah, it's just crazy. Um, all right, my friend. So, run us through a little bit. Um, I I met you a couple of years back now at faith and flower yeah. as, as a server. So for the listening audience at home, walk us through, I guess your resume, so to speak. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my first, uh, my first job in the restaurant, you know, kind of service industry was sort of my first, uh, job in college, uh, which was at Larry and Jerry's deli nice. in, <laughs> um, in, 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 uh, Kent, Ohio. Like mid eighties, uh, and I started out as a busser, mm-hmm. um, and very quickly, like within the first couple of uh, couple of weeks, you know, my my coworkers, the other my fellow servers, were just you know they went to the manager and the owner, and they're like, "This guy can't be a busser." I mean, not I mean, I love like my support staff. I I, I love. They were just like, we, "You need to be a server," and and so um, so I quickly became a server there. Uh, I think I was there for about a year, but, but, you know, it's, 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 it's the, it's the first place that I really, I kind of fell in love with, uh, with the industry, you know? So, so that was, that was the first one mid eighties. And then, um, you know, then I kind of dropped out of it for a while because uh, after I graduated college, then I went away to graduate school. Um, and really my, you know, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah. So I, I dropped out, um, of the service industry while I went to graduate school for acting right. and um, which is at Rutgers university Mason gross uh, close to New York. And in the, um, the summer between my first and second year uh, I'm like, well, I'm going to be moving to New York soon. And uh, I am an actor. I better get my foot in the door somewhere so that when I graduate from school and move to New York, I, um, uh, 
I'll have a place to work, you know, cause I'll, you know, so, and, and the, the first place, the first place in New York that I work, worked at was a place called Bobby O's city bites. And yeah. I, you know, I think Patrick Swayze was a partner in it. It was a brand new thing. A very, I'm, I'm not sure if you ever heard of, have you ever heard of Michael Lahara? I'm not. Uh. He's, he's a very kind of like within the restaurant industry in um, New York. He ran places like the last place I, that I knew that he was running was uh, Balthazar and Soho. Okay. He's running a lot of high profile uh, uh, restaurants in, you know, uh, in, in New York. And that's really where, like, I learned uh, like, like the, the, the place in Ohio was just kind of like a, you know, get your feet wet. Okay. This is how you do the systems or whatever. And um, so that, that's where I really kind of like were service and uh, because of Michael yeah. uh, and he was at times awful. <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, it was, it was like, and I always say this, I, I always say this, I, I'm never going to open another restaurant again. Yeah. I want to come in. Systems are in place. I don't want to have to learn along with you, management team, about yeah. how to how the systems work. I mean, I just want to come into a uh, you know a place that's already working. But I've done it like now three or four times. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's funny. A little side aside. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt when I went to Faith, and I exactly yeah. the opposite happened. This place had been open for what three, four years at that point. Yeah, and I still was tasked to figure basic protocols out again like what happened to all this stuff where did it go like yeah it- i don't you know i don't know that, that, and, and that that's an interesting we should definitely talk about that because that's yeah. that's one of the things where it feels like when like every management team that would come in there and you were what like when i mean i think we probably had at least five or six seven yeah you know, GMs, AGMs come in and out of that. I mean, that place just chews you up. And I, yeah. we, I know that we're going to get to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's a thing. I think I, I, why management leaves and, and comes so quickly, particularly at that place, you know, versus a place like um, Broken Spanish down the street where yeah. I had interviewed for a job uh, there and actually got offered a job um, while I was working at Faith. Uh, where they had kept their, they, you know, the manager said, he's like, I got 90% of my opening team. That's awesome. You know, and they've been open and, and and like, that's kind of like the dream place that you want to find because you know that there's a culture that is in in place there that is, uh, you know, the people stay and that's a, that's a, you know, retention is a really uh, key indicator on the quality of the workspace there. Anyhow. So, um, uh, so after, after that, so, so that was, you know, Michael Lahara that I worked at Fabio city bites. Uh, I, you know, um, you know, I've land, landed an acting gig. So I left there. Um, then I worked at a place called, uh, uh, Clementine, which is actually, no, before that was, uh, was a place called the time cafe. And okay. they had a couple locations down in the East and the West village. And I worked in the West village location and, um, you know, it was, it was okay. It was, you know, it was what it was. And then, and then, uh, you know, we just weren't, weren't making the kind of money that I wanted to make. And, and, um, you know, I told my manager I wanted to leave and he said, he said, well, you know, I want you to stay. What, you know, what can I do to make you stay, you know, get you to stay. And he's like, I'm like, well, you know, make me a bartender. So I, I became bartender there. And that's when I started my bartending sort of, you know, career stint in that. Um, and I worked there for a while. I think I worked there for about a year or so, year and a half. Um, then I booked another acting gig, took me to San Francisco, was there for a couple of months, came back. 
And then I worked at a place, the Clementine place. And that place was, that was like mid late. So, so I graduated from nine in 97 from graduate school to move there. So, mm-hmm. um, so this is probably like, I don't know, 90, maybe 98, 90, 99, sometime in there. Um, and that was at like, that was the dawn of the craft cocktail movement and the, the dawn of like fresh juices and yeah. all of that stuff started to happen around that time. Um, uh, and then uh, after th- that place, um, then I had another acting gig, which took me away for a while. And then I came back and uh, uh, worked at a place called, um, oh my God. What was the name of that place? Oh my God, it's, it's, it's okay. Cafe Luxembourg. Okay. And Cafe Luxembourg is another, another one of these kind of really big institutionally kind of restaurants on the Upper West Side. I think it was like 70th and uh, 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 Broadway. Al Pacino had a house account there. There were all kinds okay. of celebrities. The very, you know, in a rich neighborhood. And, uh, and there I, I, you know, I continued to bartend. And then I got another acting gig, which uh, took me all the way to Broadway. Nice. And then I finished my career out in New York. The next couple of years, I was in this long-running show on Broadway. Uh, and uh, it was funny when I when I was and I you know I was you know an, a sort of an unknown actor um, moving to Broadway, and my agent was negotiating my contract, and they came back with this like I think they wanted to pay me something like you know eight or nine hundred bucks a week. And I I said to my agent, I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Am I going to have to take a pay cut from bartending?" <laughs> to go work on fucking Broadway? No. So I got them to pay me at least a little bit more. <laughs> uh, but that was really, that was a, that, that was really fun. I love that. I, I, I love that. It was the easiest job ever. Yeah. You know, I mean, it had a small bar, a small restaurant, you know, and, and we just made a, a, a fuck ton of money. Nice. Um, so then, then, then come to LA, the, the show that I was in, uh, we then went on tour. Uh, they closed on, on Broadway, or they had a replacement class, a cast that then closed. And uh, we went to, um, we came to LA for two. And I always thought it would be like, oh, I'm going to, film, a film or a TV show is going to bring me to LA. And yeah. it ended up being a play. But, you know, I'm an actor because of the theater. So, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> anyhow, then I came here and, um, you know, working, not working, working, not working. I was working pretty steadily as an actor, able to kind of, um, you know, support myself and my single lifestyle as a, you know, a single man in, a, yeah. in LA in, a, in an unheated studio in Silver Lake. Um, but I was able to eke out a living uh, based on just my acting stuff. And then, then I started dating my wife and my, at the time, my girlfriend and uh, things moved pretty quickly with us. And, and I realized that I had um, that, you know, with the it with planning a life, planning a life together with somebody, you know, required a little bit of more financial stability. And if right. it was just me, I mean, I could probably eke it out. Uh, but then, so I went back into the restaurant industry just to, you know, to just make more money. Yeah. Um, uh, that was at a place called Rock Sugar uh, in uh, Century City. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, another acting gig. I got a kind of a you know, a, 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 a TV gig that was kind of running for a while. And uh, so that was, that was great. My, uh, in the interim, my wife and I got married and we bought a house. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, it was, and again, the acting stuff just keeps up, up and down, up and down, up and down, uh, which was like uh, the time when I, we decided that after my, you know, this long sort of longer running TV gig I was doing, um, when that ended, we were like, you know, this is going to, we're going to have to do something. I'm going to have to get back into the industry as much as I kind of didn't want to, because I was much yeah. older now, as you can tell <laughs> right here. Um, and then that brought me to, I, we, I remember we uh, went out to dinner one time, uh, meeting a friend that was at a convention at, um, uh, at Staples Center, at the convention center there. And we went to Faith. Yeah. And we walked in and the three of us sat down <laughs> And we were sat in like you know like I'm like the audience often doesn't know like the 30s there there yeah. like I think we sat I think we actually sat in 28 which okay. is a beautiful like curved booth right by the raw bar you could see the I mean that if you've never Google Faith and Flower the in the interior <laughs> freaking amazing it's a gorgeous gorgeous space yeah. and the atmosphere the the service was like oh it was really really great I think Molly was our our our, our server she was a little stoned <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was high. Uh, but, uh, but she was great. And, you know, we sat, we had like, you know, we did all things, drinks, dinner, uh, dessert, a couple glasses of wine or whatever. And we dropped over 350 bucks for the three of us. And I was like, yeah. I looked at my wife and I'm like, I'm going to get back into the service industry. I'm going <laughs> to try and get in here. And I took my, um, I, I, I went there and I just kept dropping off my resume. I think I dropped off my resume six, seven, eight times. In the meantime, while I was trying to get a job at Faith, I got a job at a uh, SBE joint called Clio. Okay. Uh, that was at the Staples Center. Um, I knew that I wanted to work downtown um, just because I felt like I could disappear. Like I'm not going to run into a casting director or somebody else that I'd you know, worked with before. I'm not going to, I don't want to work in Beverly Hills or Santa Monica right. or West right. Hollywood or someplace where, you know, people kind of more frequent in, in, in that area. I felt like I could kind of disappear a little bit more um, in downtown. So then I just, but I was, I never gave up on faith. Yeah. I just kept going back. I kept going back. I kept dropping off my resume there. And then one day it, you know, I happened to run into uh, uh, the manager, Kyle and Janae, uh, Janae was actually um, training Kyle and they were doing a couple of hires and I just happened to bump into him at the right time. And I, you know, basically told him that story. Um, And then I got a job there. And so since that, so, and that was, I, I think that was like three years ago. So I think it was roughly about three, you know, three and a half years that uh, I have been working there at faith or had been working. Had been working. Yeah. until Uh, so a couple a couple key takeaways from all that. So one, I'm just curious in the early days, what drew you to hospitality? And then obviously the money in your later years kept you coming back into the service industry. But what was that first like spark for you where you're like, hey, this is something I actually enjoy doing? You know what it is really, you know, in a word, connection. Okay. You know, uh, it, I am a people person. I love, I'm a touchy, feely, huggy, emotional human being. And I love my fellow humans. Yeah. And I, um, every fucking one of them, no matter how stupid and ridiculous they behave. Um, but I love humans, everyone. And try to, uh, and so to be, uh, connected with them, and as, mu- as much as possible uh, is kind of 
uh, life mission for me. You know, I, I want, I crave connection. I want connection. Right. I think connection is beautiful. I think we can heal through connection. I think, we can, you know, so um, there, there's that element. I mean, I think if I had to answer it in a word and then there's, there's, there's so many other different things like, you know, the first thing that, you know, the next thing that kind of popped into my mind was that because in my home, uh, when I was growing up, I'm Indian and, uh, you know, food is love. Everything was around food in my house. It was, you know, mom is like, are you hungry? What do you want to eat? Like the first question when you walk in the, when you walk in the door, what do you want to eat? You know, (laughs) you know, know, everything is based around what do we like when we go home and visit my wife is like, it's like from the moment you come in the door, yeah. To the moment that you're leaving, it's food, food, food. And the whole day is structured around food, you know, <laughs> and eating. And um, Italians and so, are the same way a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, get that. I, yeah. I mean, and, and it is, I believe, it's a sacred act to break bread with somebody. It yeah. is, you know, there is no, and as I've, as, I've, as I've grown older and, you know, also the, you know, adding the element of, you know, uh, food and beverage. Yeah. adult beverage, um, the, pair, the, 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 the pairing of those things, like I don't think that there, there's no other thing I love more in life than to invite people into my home right. and to break bread with them and drink wine and cocktails or whatever, have juice. There, there's something sacred to me about that act. And, you know, that, that is, um, you know, I, that there, there's no other thing that brings me more joy than to be mm-hmm. with people that I love and maybe a stranger or two, you know, to, you know, to, to, to put delicious things in their mouths and see their responses and hug and laugh and, you know, love that's that, 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 that's a thing. And, and, you know, then the other component to it for me as well, if there's three, because I like three things, um, is that it really forces you to be in the moment, right? You know, which is very much an actory thing. You know, we, if you want to be a good actor, you got to be in the moment and you can't worry about you can't think about the, the day that you've had or the, you know, your, the, 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 whatever is going on in your personal life. You know, I remember, I remember when I was working at faith and I'm not sure if you were working there, but um, I had uh, about two and a half years ago, um, my 14, my 13, 13 year old nephew hung himself on mm. like the day before his birthday. It's back in February. And, you know, you know, I think, I think it was just before you got there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is just the amount of grief and, 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 you know, my wife and I kind of immediately sprung to action and we just like, we started caretaking of everybody. We were like, we planned the funeral. We did all, this, you know, there's all this heavy, heavy, heavy shit going on and you know coming home and just weeping and collapsing and and just these waves and waves and waves of grief and you know in in just an epic fashion it was horrible and uh the the one place that i could go and i could forget about it all right and I could put, take my attention off myself. I could take my attention off the situation. I could take my attention off my family. And I put it on my guests. And I could forget about it. 
and my, I, I, you know, these beautiful coworker people that were just like so loving and supportive and like in the moment. And I found myself laughing, Yeah, you know, and, 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 and you know, forgetting about myself. And, and, you know, they, this is a lot of like in a lot of 12 step programs too, they talk about this. It's like, you know, a really great way to heal yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Right. And so to me, that was, I mean, I, I, it was a great healing thing for me too. So, you know, forcing you to kind of be in the moment, that actory thing, having a bunch of like, you know, I'm a very, and I don't know if you realize I'm a very energetic person. <laughs> so having a place to put all that energy in and, and also it's a lot about like, you know, especially at faith. And there's a couple other places that I've worked at and being a bartender, you know, it's a show. Yeah. It's fucking theater. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, and you are the host. You're the host of the freaking show. You know, you're going to introduce the cocktails. Hey, like, here's the cocktails. Here's a, hey, how about this food? When introducing the steak tartare, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's that kind of, you know, the, the theatricalness of it. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, 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 the smiles and the, and, and the, you know, the energy that you share with people is just, you know, so is that four things? I'm not sure. I think it it was like three and a half. We'll call it three. Yeah, and okay. half. Call it three and a half. Uh, but no, I, th- I think like from a, from a managerial point of view, why I think I, you know, gave you good sections is because I saw a quality in how you operated that I like to operate in mm-hmm. is the sense of ownership. Right. And you touched on that saying, this table, your section, this is your house that you're inviting people in and, and making people feel warm and welcoming in it. And I always would joke, I'd, I'd ask people, what is hospitality? Every interviewee I had, I'd be like, for a job, I go, what does hospitality mean to you? What's the difference between just good service mm-hmm. and hospitality? And I always was waiting for the what I thought was the right answer. So I'll give everyone listening the right answer. The, the, <laughs> the right answer for me is, Good service is telling someone where the bathroom is. Hospitality is walking them to the bathroom. And that subtle difference is, I think, what makes the everything in this industry go around. And when you have it, it's in spades. And when you don't have it, it's really obvious you don't have it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, that there's, that, I, I like, I, I love that. This, and I think you probably said that to me. I, I yeah. know you said that to me before. <laughs> but like, in, 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 in my view, it's like you either get it yeah. or you don't. Plenty of people, yeah, I think you've even said like a trained monkey could do the job. I said all the time. Order, it in. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, I stole that from you. <laughs> um, but it's, it's true. That, that, that's, that's, that's true. There's not the mechanics of it, you know, are not that difficult. Yeah. Um, the art of it, you know, it's either, you, you know, you either get it or you don't. And if you yeah. get it, you know, and, and fortunately at faith, um, there, you know, surrounded by a lot of people that really got it and, yeah. and that, and, and that it mattered yeah. to them to get it, you know? Yeah. I thought I told you that's it. So working actor in Los Angeles, professional server, how did you balance that two lifestyles? How did you, how, cause you know, for those who don't know you're, you book fairly regularly, uh, you know, um, featured Not regularly ga- enough. Well, yes, <laughs> every actor can say that. But like you, you book fairly regularly. You, you know, you've had a couple feature regular roles on some big television shows. Mm-hmm. We don't need to go through every 
you know, everyone, but you know, you're consistently, you know, would have to call out for shifts and cause you are working and doing these spots. But that notion of like you touched upon, it was like, sometimes the service industry money is like really good. And then the, the paid work isn't comparable. So, um, you know, not to kind of, you know, tell everyone exactly how old you are, but you know, you've been doing this for quite some time. Where does, where does the, the balance lie, especially, and then also having a wife and having a family. And I know that because the service industry for people who aren't super familiar can be long grueling hours, just like production can be long grueling hours. So where do you find the balance? How does that all work for you? Well, you know, I think the, 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 the balance comes in, you know, you really have to, especially as you get older, uh, you know, I remember when I was, when I was, you know, when I was, when I was younger, when I was a kid, when I was in New York and whatever, I mean, the, I mean, we would, I mean, the, the shit that we got into after the shift, I mean, you know what it's like. I mean, you that are servers or yeah. bartenders or bussers or whatever out there, you know, that party lifestyle <laughs> like, and I loved it, man. It was, it's freaking great. Yeah. In your twenties and sometimes your thirties, <clears throat> but you know, when you get up a little bit older than that, you know, the, the, you don't bounce back as easily. And I mean, I, I mean, so, so in the early days, I don't think there was a whole lot of balance. It was just like fucking play hard or yeah. work hard, long yeah. hours, play hard. You're in the industry. So you probably know a couple of bartenders are going to let you in, stay, stay after hours. And, you know, you party till four at least. Yeah. And, and in New York too, where that, those bars, they open till four or five o'clock in the morning. Exactly. I exactly. have my fair share of falling asleep on the G train and waking up in <laughs> queen stories. <laughs> You're like, oops, shit. Shit, now I got to take a cab. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but so, so you know, the, the, I, I think I'm at, at some level still trying to balance it. It's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not easy, uh, you know, especially, you know, like I said, as, 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 as you get older, I mean, the, you have to really kind of, you know, take care of yourself. The hardest part I'll tell, I'll say this, you know, has been since, um, you know, since I got married, you know, and I've been married now over 10 years, um, you know, not being able to see my wife is the hardest part of yeah. that piece and carving out time, like quality time, you know, uh, over the last few years, uh, it, and especially since, you know, Elliot, my nephew died, like there's this, you know, you really kind of like get down to the nitty gritty of what's really freaking important in this life, you know? And why did we get, we didn't get married to just work ourselves to death and never see each other. Because if I'm working, she works at, she was in sales. So she works nine to five. And if I'm working, you know, three, four, five shifts a week that start at four, you know, four to 12 or whatever, um, you know, we don't really see each other have a yeah. time. And of course, weekends are the busy time. You know, I got, I got to work Friday and Saturday night, Yeah. you know. Um, but I think some of the balance comes in when, you know, you make the choice to not work that Saturday night or not work that Friday night so that you can have that, you know, you might lose yeah. a little bit of money. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I've learned um, is that money doesn't matter. Things don't matter. Nothing really you have in this life is saleable, exchangeable, spendable, um, except for time. Yeah. Uh, 
and how you choose to spend that time, with whom you decide to spend that time, and what you decide doing with that time. That's that that's that's all you got. Yeah. So um, it was really easy because I really you know at at faith, and we're going to talk a lot about that because it, you know that's how we met, and you know it was easy to make the choice to spend time at faith because of people like yourself and because, mm-hmm. of, you know, people like Augustine and Zach and, you know, Shiva and, and, and Angela and, and, you know, and everybody, you know, except for one person. <laughs> we'll, talk about we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you guess guys yeah. listening out there? <laughs> so, so the family aspect of restaurants is why I love it. And, 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 and we touched about that with what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. My working theory for this podcast, this is the first episode, so I, I might as well share it. It's called memoirs for a reason. I truly believe that our industry, the way we've done things for, you know, let's just be realistic, but the way we've done things for the past 30, 40 years, but the way this industry has been done for hundreds of years, the way service has been done, there's certain steps of service that have that have always remained the same. Um, the type of service we do can change, but the steps are usually, they're as old as time. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason you, you know, you come from the right and, you know, all that stuff. So now my theory is, is that post COVID post this pandemic Mm -hmm. that it's changed forever. Like, I don't think we get back in a really short amount of time to the way we did things prior to this. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I just from being an administrator in the restaurant for a while, being in management, the, the, the hurdles we have to jump through just now. And then I feel like, you know, band-aids become, protocol in the future right um i know that like for example i know they're trying they've been trying for years to put gloves on bartenders who you know because we touch fruit and we touch they touch you know herbs and stuff and they would think that's unsanitary you should wear gloves well obviously bartenders and servers and everyone in the restaurant industry washes their hands so much everyone has you know bar rot and dry hands because we wash them so much um so i know that now that we have to do that that they're going to try and make that just law. So I feel that is industry is going to change. I want to curious about your thoughts. You've been in it for a good chunk of change. You've seen different types of level of service. The last place you were working was a, a place that held itself to a very high standard. What are the changes you've seen right now? What are the changes you see in the future? And what do you think we're going to lose um, moving forward? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's a, uh... That's a t- that's a tough question. I mean, I, when I when I when I look at it, you know, um, I think in the immediate future, you're exactly right that 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 so much is going to have to change. These band aids are going to turn into protocols, and and uh, you know, for better or for worse, it's it's the world that we live in now. Um, it's a, uh, but I do have a, different, a slightly different point of view, you know, because once there's a vaccine. Mm-hmm. you know, in however long that is, but it's going to happen. Right. I think we, we have the potential to see a lot of, of, uh, of a return to what we might call, you know, normal kinds of uh, uh, a service, you know, 
one of the things that I have been talking about with my friends and, you know, my wife and stuff, it's like this post COVID because of like how I told you how I am, you know, I'm a touchy feely, huggy, you know, person. And, you know, I mean, fully half of my guests hug me when they leave, (laughs) you know, it's that kind of connection that, that you have that you kind of build over the course of an evening with somebody. And, you know, so long as everything goes well, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which we know that doesn't always happen. Uh, but but there, like that would be the greatest loss for me would be the human connection, right? right. That, you know, I know that, you know, I, and I've been to a, a, a few restaurants since, you know, since things have kind of relaxed and opened up and with varying degrees of kind of, you know, ad- adherence to the, 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 the protocols that the, you know, the governor had set and, and the mayor had set in place. Um, I'm hopeful for uh, a real a, re- a return to some kind of normalcy with you know in about a year or so. Um, I you know the 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 the, the fa- I mean I, I I I don't know I mean masks may be a thing now. Yeah, they, they may be a thing now. I I mean and and uh, you know because after this virus you know there'll be another one. You know, and so the biggest key is going to be prevention, right? That's going to be, you know, that's why vaccinations and all those things, are, you know, once that happens, but, you know, that we'll, we'll, we'll be able to uh, maybe lose the face shields, maybe yeah. not. But I, I, you know, I've struggled with this too, because, you know, because I, I, I keep thinking, well, then what? you know, what's it going to be? Is it going to be like a conveyor belt that, you know, that goes by each table and, you know, like, <laughs> like the sushi restaurants that have those little, you know, you just grab your stuff. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I know faith was using, I don't know if you're familiar, they were using like drop zones Yeah, yeah. where they bring the food and they drop it off to the place that's, you know, further away from, you know, like on the next table or whatever. And then the guest goes and gets it. I mean, you know, the, the reality of, 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 of disease transmission, right. Is from human contact, right. Yeah. It's not it, the likelihood that you're going to get it from somebody who touched the glass or from some, you know, you need that particular viral load. You need enough of the virus to get into your thing, you know, and that, that tends to be way, way less on surfaces. And, um, you know, of course, unless somebody like sneezes on them, you know, on your spoon and then you stick it in your mouth, you know, yeah. but, but it's really that, that close person to person contact. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, 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 I honestly, um, I think, I think that, that within certainly like this, the restaurant industry is much like the sort of anything that requires you to be gathered in a space with somebody close concerts and yeah. movie theaters and stuff. I think masks may now be a thing. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what you think the protocols are going to be, particularly from a management point of view, because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of more like the, you know, let's just go. Let's just, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I want to protect myself and my guests and my family. Right. right? So I will wear a mask. I'll do whatever it takes to not get somebody else sick. But um, once there's a vaccine, I'm, I'm hopeful that things might get back to normal. I mean, I've seen so many different weird things like yeah. pods and like <laughs> some French designer designed these things where like, like a glass thing comes around you and you sit in like a little glass, like half glass thing. It just reminds me of uh, 
get smart and I'm totally <laughs> aging myself, but the, the shield <laughs> shield, the cone of silence and get smart. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. I mean, it's, it's, everything seems to be so profoundly weird and flawed, you know, even like there's a, uh, I have not been there. There's this restaurant in Silver Lake, I think, that is using these little, like, almost like glass pods around right. the table, right? Um, and, and it's on a patio. And I'm like, what, am I going to be in a greenhouse? Is it going to be yeah. hot? I, you know? And then, <laughs> I, I just feel like that's, like, worse because it's like somebody coughed in here, like, 15 minutes before me, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, and, and it's, and it's all around. I mean, of course they're going to have to disinfect and yeah. all of that stuff. I mean, it's, it's every, <laughs> like I said, everything seems to be profoundly flawed and imperfect, but you know, you got to do something, I guess, at least you right. got to, you got to, you know, um, uh, at least pretend like you're trying. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, yeah, and this is something that maybe we can talk about too, is that at the end of the day, man, some people are just fucking stupid. Yeah. And won't, I mean, you look even now and even in the situation that we're in right now in Los Angeles, right? I mean, and I was actually shocked and, and like, kind of like, <laughs> see guys, OC closed their beaches, right? For the weekend. Yeah. You know, there's, and there've been um, one of the big sort of sticklers of like, now nah, we need a, you know, the life is normal. Like, yeah. Yeah. The virus is fake, whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, people are, are, are finally getting it, you know, you, yeah. you, Testing and everything aside that, you know, when you look at the numbers of, of people that are actually physically going into the hospital, that's the alarming thing. Yeah. You know, we'll, so, so, you know, in terms of what we're going to do in the industry, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, it's, 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 that's a tough nut to crack, man. Yeah. I, my, my, my theory, my fear is, is that, you know, restaurants, um, owners, managers, they're going to do what the city demands them to do. And so right now, which was great. The problem was, is we were all trying to figure this out for about a month and a half before the health department weighed in. And I'm like, do I need plexiglass at the bar? Do I need face shields? Like, what do we do? Like, I will just figure this out because I'm, you know, capable and I understand what's going on, but I really don't know what's right until I'm told what's right from the people who are in charge. So Thankfully they did rule and then and that's why we have the face shields and we're covered up like you know, we're we're out of the movie outbreak, which isn't the best thing to look at when you're going out for dinner. Um my concern is the public trust. I I think that even after a vaccine, we've lost um the most vital thing in our industry, which is the trust of the public. You know, you, you, the public comes in and they trust us that the food isn't going to kill them. They're not going to get poisoned. Uh, and they're going to have friendly and warm and inviting and inf informational service. I think, especially right now at a place like faith, I can only imagine knowing the level of service that we provided, how difficult that is currently, um, to provide that same level of service um, and if moving forward, if that, if the spotlight is still on that certain level, like at the end of the day, it's kind of like, look, man, you know, I cared as a server, I could understand someone goes, I, I, I cared about all this stuff you're telling me to care about all the procedures, all the table talk, all the ingredients and the allergies. I cared about this a lot when this place was packed with 350 covers on a Saturday, because 
I'm making a good living and I should care about my job when I'm making a good living. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, I feel like I'm going to die at any moment. I'm going to get sick and customers are, you know, aren't coming in, even though we can, you know, we have restrictions on it. You're still seeing less customers coming in than the restrictions are allowing in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, all right, do I really give a shit? You're going to yell at me because I did this wrong or said this wrong. I'm like, I'm out here. So there's a, now you've lost trust between management and staff. You've lost trust between customers and, and establishment. That's where my concern is. A vaccine can come. I don't know how long that trust takes to get repaired. Um, you know, it's so, interesting. You, 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 you talk about, I'm sorry to interrupt that, no. but uh, the, it is a, you know, going out and, 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 you know, having dinner, whatever. Hospital, the hospitality business is an emotional business. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I've heard this, you know, when I first heard this and I forget who said it, but, but it's, 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 it's so freaking true that people will forget what they ate. They will forget how much they paid. They will forget, you know, what the color of the restaurant looked like. They'll forget the decor. They'll forget everything about it. They'll forget your name. They'll forget whatever. The one thing they won't forget is how you made them feel. Yeah. Right. So, and that's where people come back. Yeah the feeling. And I know from my own personal experience of in as much as it felt like, Oh God, Oh God, I don't have to cook tonight. I'm going to go to our favorite place. I'm going to, you know, and, 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 you know, which is our local down here on Franklin birds, which yeah. is you yeah. know, still struggling to stay open. And, and, and the thing is, is that, is that you can, it feels different. Yeah. It feels like the feeling that you have is like, Oh God, it, it, there's a tense feeling of like, Oh my God, are we still going to be here? Is it like, we, you know, when we would go there, the reason we would go there is because we just, we, you know, we'd love everybody there. It's like the food is, is, and is, is just a, 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 a byproduct of what, of, of why we go there. We go there because the place fucking makes us feel amazing. Right. Just feel yeah. good. Yeah. And, 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 you know, losing that aspect is what I think you're talking about is how do we still have this emotional experience? It's it's like going to a concert or, or something like that. Like watching a virtual concert is great, you know, but it's the communal shared experience that we, that I think we crave, or at least I crave. Right. And, and, and that, and, and that, and, you know, and it's like going to the theater, right? You're breathing the same air as the artist. And like they've done studies where you're in the theater and you're, they have like, you know, heart monitors and, 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 and breathing monitors on. And, and it, at certain points of the play, everybody starts to breathe the same rate and their heartbeats yeah. do the same thing. And, and that shared experience, you're like I said, breathing the same breath, unfortunately breathing the same breath is a guy next to you. That guy on stage <laughs> will now kill you. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, you know, that, that it's, it's, it's that, it, that's my fear that we lose that. Yeah. That, that, that feeling. And it's exactly what you're speaking to. And, um, and, and, you know, and because because it's not just the guest feeling you you were so right you're like now there's also that disconnect between you know employee and employer yeah like are you like i remember when you know when when they when faith reopened you know and anthony was like um 
he was like, man, I need you back. I need you back. I want, I got, please come back. And, uh, you know, he's like, I need your, your, he, he was really, he, he was so sweet. He was so complimentary. He was so, in, and also probably very desperate, yeah. you know, because he's got a job to do and, you know, trying to start out at least putting his best foot forward, Yeah, you know, um, but, and, and I, I don't mean to intimate that, 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 that Tony would ever put me or anyone else knowingly in danger's way and harm's way. But that's the conversation I have to have with myself. That's the conversation I have to have with my wife. Yeah. It's like, do I put myself in a potentially like in the first place they close down and the last place that they open? Yeah. You know, and, and it's not easy and it's not even so much as, you know, my own health that I'm worried about, but I do part of our bubble is my mother-in-law mm-hmm. And she's, she's not elder. She's a very youthful 75. Yeah. Yeah. 70 something. Yeah. But if, you know, some guy comes in who doesn't wear a mask and doesn't give a shit, you know, accidentally, whatever happens. And I happen to give that to like, that's the terror, you know? And then, and then this person who's at risk, then it's my fault. Right. Um, you know? So, so I don't know if you saw this, but I think you did that faith and our good friend Connor over at faith have become somewhat of a meme going around the internet (laughs) because so, so for, for people who aren't familiar, um, the LA times did an article about faith and flower reopening, you know, cause we, they were one of the first, I guess, to really open on a large scale. They did good with PR (coughs) and, and they were doing it right. Like with the drop zones and they were trying to be innovative and how do we move forward in this, you know, current climate. Um, and then when just a couple of days ago, when the governor said dine in, dine indoor dine in restaurant is, is, is done for the time being. Um, one of those shots from faith and flowers started circulating the internet. Uh, and He's it's now com- a meme. Connor's now a meme. Connor's now a meme. <laughs> and, and it, and it does speak to this, this notion of, I remember, I think it was a Huff post article where it was like America's need to be served. And I know from the place I'm running right now is, is, is a uh, pub and we've just been doing to go food, but we opened up our patio. We have a fairly large patio and you can enjoy your to go food on the patio. I can't tell you how many people go, no, thanks. Like, what's the difference, sir? Like I'm giving you a bag of food that you can eat at a table, but you want, you don't want that. You want a server experience of somebody standing next to you and taking your order and being, you know, essentially, I never really, you know, I always server comes from the word servant, you know, that's kind of its root of its origin, but I've never been more acutely aware of the desire to have servants in this country. Like I'm get, offering you the same experience, more or less, you order from me, I punch in your order, you go sit down, I bring you your food. No, no, no. I don't want to eat out of cardboard. I want a plate. I want water that I'm never going to drink. I want silverware. Like that's the experience that they want. And it's, and it's absurd to me that that's, that's the, that's what in all of this is important to people, but it speaks to why our industry is so important. That's it's, it, it touches on something that, that is so ingrained to them that they're willing to go, no, I'm going to go somewhere else because I'm not getting exactly that. And I'm like, 
it kills me on one hand, but it's also why I love the industry in the sense that we 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 do tap into something so visceral that if it's not 100% what they want, they don't want it. But yeah. it's crazy to me, man, how many people turn away from from a place because they're not getting it. It's, you know, it, it, it's a, and in the, you know, meter for the moment and the time, you know, that, that we're living in, the idea, uh, God, I, you know, it really kind of resonated in me when you said, you know, service comes from servant, you know, that, and this is something that people want and desire, you know, I never look at it in that way. And it just kind of like, you know, because in, you know, in, in wake of the, you know, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and all of the sort of own soul searching that I'm doing in terms of my participation in a systemic, uh, in, 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 in a system that is, in its very base and creation is racist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just one of those little threads that kind of flows through, you know, of, of, of like, this is what people want. Yeah. People want that kind of thing. I never thought of it as like, it just sounded kind of a little insidious how you said it right there. It's like, no, I need to be served. Yeah. And I, and, and, and for me, it always, I mean, to have a guest into my home and to, you know, give them, you know, to, to, to treat them as my own, it's always felt like a privilege in right. a way. You know what I mean? Um, but, but then you all, then very frequently, not very frequently, you would get that one fucking cocksucker who is like an asshole to the server. Yeah. And then like that guy wants a servant. Yeah. And that guy probably fucking racist, but, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's a very interesting conversation to, you know, to kind of unpack because, you know, I want that too. Yeah. I'm like, I, 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 I want, I want it. It's nice to be served. It's nice to get a massage. It's nice to have somebody rub your feet. It's nice yeah. to, you know, to have these kind of, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a visceral kind of thing, yeah. you know? Uh, uh, and, 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 and I, I do, you know, somebody else to clean up the dishes, Yeah. somebody else to, you know, wipe down the table. It's, 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 it's very much in the fabric of, who we are and not just in America, it's, it's who we are in, in the world. Um, you, you know, you always need somebody there to cook the food and you always need somebody there to clean the streets. And there's always that hierarchy in society for better or worse. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always a notion, especially when you go, when you work in a, in a fancy place, I've, I've worked in a couple like really nice places as like a server before. Um, and you can get in your own head the, like a kind of pseudo imposter syndrome where you're like, I'm just the help. I can't relate to like when somebody famous comes into your place sure. and you're yeah. trying to bullshit with them and relate to them and, and, and you get them to laugh, you know, you, you're getting a connection out of them. But then at the end of the day, they just completely just shut off. Have you ever had that happen where they just go, they like pat you on the head and say, thank you mm-hmm. in so many words. And you're like, fuck, they don't view me on any level of them anymore because I work here and it goes back to my head. Somebody once told me that the reason why they love this industry, and I still very much hold this true is that in the service industry, we get to dine with Kings and Queens. We get to be on their level for a moment. Problem is sometimes that moment's fleeting and then they walk out the door and that moment's gone. But I do like that connection of it. And 
And it is weird. I think that this has opened up a lot of eyes and is open. I mean, th- like right now it came back in cycle again f- from the last black lives matter four mm-hmm. years ago, three years ago, um, where that tips is, has an inherently racist back backstory to why tips is, um, in this country, why we work for tipped wages. Um, and I always say, Oh yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. Just pay me $35 an hour to do this job. And then you'll never have to tip me again, you know, but they won't. And I, I, when I was working at Shibumi, my, the owner there, uh, Dave, chef Dave, um, he always joked, he would always like talk about how much money we made as bartender servers there. And he goes, you're making more than Jesse, the manager made. Like, don't you have a problem with that? I go, no, I don't. Not at all. He had this like shocked face on his, on, you know, look on his face. And, and I go, Jesse's job is to make sure that your business is up and operational and gives us the tools to do our job. And he's like, well, then what's your job? Because my job is to make you money. The more money I make for you, the more money I get in return. So the better I am at my job selling and upselling, the more money you make. So am I mad that I made 80% more than your general manager? Personally, no, pay your general manager more, you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, it's I, that's a different conversation for a different day about the pay wages. I'm more about I, I'm I'm enjoying this about like the the state of being of the restaurant, the state of being in one, yeah, and how that's changed. And yeah, I think I think you you could spend an entire episode talking about, and, I'm, and maybe that's I don't know I, if you have it, probably you probably have it planned, but but like going back and unpacking, mm-hmm. you know, the whole sort of racial underpinnings of, of tipping to begin with. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I, I, I think it's, it's, uh, and, and, and again, and, and until you freaking said it just now, the thought had not even, you know, had crossed my mind, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that that particularly now is an important conversation to have to, to just, to make, just to bring awareness to how much, systemic racism is a part of nearly everything that we do. Like I was the other day, it was like, Oh, I have a master's degree. Yeah. Well, I have a, I'm going <laughs> to have to call that something different now. You know what I mean? I was talking to a friend. It's like, Oh, I have monkeys and that like stuffed monkeys but, yeah. um, uh, in, 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 in the master bedroom. And I was like, I need to can't call that the master yeah. bedroom anymore. That's, that's like, yeah, you know it's it's unconscious because it's bred into the system. I think it, I think it's a it's a really in, in, interesting um, conversation to have. But I wanted to comment on um, uh, what you were saying. Uh, you know that that we're just the the nature of status within mm-hmm. you know the the restaurant and what that's viewed because that that's keenly sort of like for all of my fellow brothers and sisters and trans and, and, and LGBT, whoever you are, actors, um, you know, there's that stigma that goes along with like, like, and, and I, I mean, I've heard this joke so many times because it's not a joke. It's, it's an asshole comment. When you say, Oh, you're an actor. Yeah. What restaurant do you work in? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, you know, you're talking about that sense of status and, and, yeah. you know, uh, it, it is, it is, you know, and as an older guy like myself, like, oh my God, could this guy be like, and I, and I, and maybe it's my own sort of neurosis or my own sort of like, you know, uh, the narrative that I have in my own head. I don't know. Right. But I sometimes see the thought bubble of people over people's heads. Like, look at that fucking guy. 
gray ass motherfucker. Yeah. He's still a waiter, huh? Still, yeah. still trying to kick it as an actor, are you? That I mean, going? that's, there's this notion that it's not a real job and it's, and that stems back from when the time and the industry wasn't doing as well as it is now. And it really wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. a real job. I mean, I think it's always been one, but I mean, you just think about like, you think about the eighties where the pay wasn't as good. You think of, <clears throat> we're fortunate enough in California, if servers are fortunate enough in California, that it is a minimum wage, um, uh, state, whereas other states are paying you two dollars seventy five cents. Some states are through twenty five to do the same job, and you make all of your money on tips. At least in California, they get minimum wage, uh, which is now fifteen. Um, so at least there's that. But there is that. Um, there is that notion that's not a real job. But at a place like Faith and Flower, you know. There'd be, there'd be, you know, years or months where you guys are on track and making, you know, high five figures, sometimes six figures in that job because the traffic is so much and the price point is at a certain point where, you know, you could, after tip out, you're still walking with, you know, a lot of hundreds of dollars, mm-hmm. you know, so it very much is a real job in the sense of financially, but I think overall, and I think what the climate's kind of shining a light on is that it's still somewhat some and these are young people by the way who walked away from us who wanted serving it's not like i'm 60 year olds are walking away from me it's like 20 year olds who've just been bred into this so i still think people look down on it even though i know i know people who are more successful and and have more money and a better quality of life who are bartenders than i do know who work in you know real estate or you know a doctor or a lawyer or whatever these traditional jobs may be so yeah, I think that's still something we face. And, you know, I know that like being a restaurant manager, it's hard to kind of, oh, that's your job? Yeah, that's my full-time job. That's a 50, 60-hour-a-week job, right. you know? Right. It's what I do. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always think about Gilberto, you know? Yeah. Um, Gilberto uh, is an amazing server. One, probably one of our top salesmen. He's so incognito too. Like he, on the surface, he, he's stealth yeah. about it. And this, and this motherfucker, he, I think he's got three kids. Mm-hmm. He's got a wife. He owns a house in Pasadena. He lives a good life. He's handsome. He's smart. He's fucking, you know, he's, he's like, he does his job. He hits every, I mean, he's, you know, we're told, we have totally different styles, but I just look at that guy. I'm like, this guy is like the prototype for you know the like the professional server this is what this man does yeah and he does it so freaking well and and that's that's what he wants right i mean yeah. the, the, a lot of a lot of us you know uh we actors because um of the kind of flexibility and the ease and the, and the, and the timing of it, you know, you can, you know, you can have your days off so you can audition and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a kind of thing where, where a lot of times, you know, my sort of philosophy is like, I don't care if I have to quit. If I've got to quit, I'm going to go do an acting gig. That's why I'm quitting. So this is, I want to do this more yeah. um, than I want to do this, but you know, um, it, it's, it's a, uh, uh, so it was typically, you know, why actors have is just, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a job that's easy to leave. It's flexible and you can work at night, right? Yeah. Um, but that being said, you know, when you elevate 
you know, service to it, you know, to the kinds of stuff that they do, you know, at, at different, you know, shishi food restaurants. Mm. Um, it does, it becomes something a little bit, a little bit different. And, and then, you know, I think as I've matured and aged, uh, you know, that the connections and the bonds that you make with people, it is like you said, it is, it, it does become like a family. We, you know, you know, I still talk to, you know, you know, Zach and Augustine on the regular Augustine's in freaking New York. And, yeah. you know, we're, we, we are very much still connected and I still very much connected, you know, to people like Jenna and Shiva and Kevin and, you know, every, everyone there, you know, mm-hmm. Angela and I are doing a thing together and it just, you know, that does become your, your family, but it's, um, and it is its own world. I think, I think, I think one thing too, though, is that, you know, at least economically people have been made to realize, you know, that, that, Oh my God, this is a really huge industry. This is, yeah. you know, uh, I, I think what, what was the stat? Maybe, you know, the stat better than I do, but it's something like 25% of our hourly workforce is in hospitality. I think it was like, in the thirties, but yeah, something like that. It's like, it's someone, whoa, that's that's a lot of people. And it was, um, of the unemployed, it was over nationally. It was like getting up to around 50% of the unemployed was from the service industry as a total, because a lot of people who were, uh, you know, furloughed, we're still getting paid in other industries. Like, because, you know, if, if I had to close down an office building, you know, a lot of these companies were still paying, but um, yeah. And I think, I think they lumped in some of those numbers with retail. So it is a little tricky because it is that hourly thing, but restaurants as a whole make up so much of the cultural fabric of our lives. Right. That when they go away, that's when you start seeing people demand. And again, it's like, what did everyone demand to be open? Nobody gave a shit about J crew opening. Nobody right. gave a shit about, you know, um, you know, the mall opening up or Kohl's or Macy's, those companies are going under, they're all filed for bankrupt, maybe right. not Kohl's. Um, <clears throat> but everyone wanted their hair, hairdressers open, their salons open and their restaurants open. You know, I think, I think that is a big part of yeah, yeah, I think that's a reflection of the, um, you know, what these places really are in their hearts and in, in their, you know, in their souls. Even though there might be some soulless individuals at fate, <laughs> but they're the, the in 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 their in their DNA, what they are, it's 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 a place for community. It's a place for connection. Yeah. You know, and that's what people are missing, particularly now because of all the isolation that people are dealing with and trying to, you know, that craving and that, 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 that need. I mean, it's not that I, that I don't empathize with, with the people that just couldn't wait to get out to the beach, couldn't wait to, you know, be the first. I mean, when, when, when birds opened up, we were the first damn people that made a reservation that came in. I mean, we weren't the first people to actually come in, but we we were the first people to call them and make a reservation. Yeah. You know, and the staff cheered when they heard it was me and Kim, (laughs) you know, they're like, yay. It's that emotional experience that connection that like, you know, extended family I care desperately right. what happens to those people, you know? And I think that's the thing that people are craving so much and need so much. It's like, there's a great line. 
from the play Amadeus, uh, where Amadeus says, he's talking to this court of like, um, of, of, you know, of, of royalty, you know, and he's like, which one of you wouldn't rather talk to his hairdresser than deny us like some, yeah. you know, Greek God. You would rather be hanging out with your hairdresser than because that was in the day of the, the poofy yeah. wigs and all of the, you know, the, 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 the like, like because of that connection, because yeah. of the, you know, the, 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 the emotional connection that they have to the people, to the space, you know, I mean, I just, I, I mean, I, I wonder, Oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm dying because of, I forgot his name. I can't think of his name. The, uh, our, our regular, our regular from Faith. Jay. Jay. Yep. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> Jay. It's been so long since I've seen you. Okay. I'm sorry if you're watching this. I, I know you are and I fucking love you. And it's people like that, that like, you know, he's a single guy. He lives upstairs and th- he's part of our family. Yeah. There's no doubt that Jay is a part of the con. He can, you know, he has the, to the extent that he gives input on dishes and Michael mm-hmm. make changes. Yeah. You know, and, and he, you know, he's part of that fabric of our community. Yeah. And that's why I think that there's such a longing and a need. And that's why I want to believe that when there is a vaccine and when the, the pe- people do, people will come back. It will, you know, because we need it. Right. I, I, I mean, what's going to replace it that, you know, the other big thing, well, you know, you're a musician too. So, I mean, we could have this conversation about concerts too. Yeah. You know, what, what the, I mean, like we had so many concerts lined up in the summer. This I know too. I, I was going to go to the bowl for the first time in, you know, 15 years. For some reason I never made it out to the Hollywood bowl. So what? we were going to, we were going to go see Atlantis and garbage. Oh, and so, nice. Yeah. But nice. I, that got postponed for a year. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For us, um, it was, uh, Pearl Jam and uh, Rage Against the Machine. You actually paid the machine's prices? Uh, well, no, because <laughs> uh, my uh, stepfather-in-law, do that math, yeah. uh, he runs some radio stations down okay, in cool. Phoenix, and we were going to go see him there in Phoenix, so he has nice. a, he's all the sweet hookup. Dude, it was, I just love the fact that you know they raged, they raged against the machine, and then they're selling starting tickets at $250. i am like, get the fuck out of here, guys. Like... You know, and that's for stadium tours. That's way back, you know, 200 feet away, yards away from them. But anyways, I digress. Uh, I, you know, I look, I think, I think the, yes, it's going to be a long haul for concerts. It's going to be a long haul for sporting. There's going to be a long road back for our lives to kind of get back to where they are. But there's this need for restaurants and bars to open up because I think you touched on it perfectly. Um, The through line between hairdressers, uh, nail salons and bars and restaurants, besides the fact that we talked about that they're all service-based jobs, which is, I think, a deep-seated thing, but I don't. I think the surface level is the important one. It's where everyone goes to shit, shit talk about their day. It's where they have an outside partnership with people outside of their relationships or their marriages in a non-sexual way, but in a in a um, con- in a confidant type of way, you know, everyone's got a bartender. Sexual, let's be honest, sometimes sexual, sometimes sexual, <laughs> but in in our single days. Um, okay. But yeah, I just think there's a there's there's a, a need for that, you know, common square that everyone you know 
gathers around and and it used to be an actual common square and now i think it's your neighborhood restaurant or your favorite place uh your hairdresser your barbershop you know your nail salon anywhere where you can gab with your friends and 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 unpack the day's events and i get that in a in a time where the day is heavier than it normally is every day and every day is heavier than the last you, mm-hmm. you and you can only talk to your partner if, if you, you have, have one, one. Yeah. yeah if you have yeah. one you can only talk to people so much before it just becomes stale and repetitive because you've already voiced your concerns and you know you need that outside perspective i think that's kind of one of the reasons why i started this uh, is because i am generally miss a lot of the people and then this will be a lot of friends of mine to start off with, but it is also nice to get a different point of view on a lot of stuff. And it's funny. I want to talk about how the industry changes to tie that back up is I want to bring Jared on. I don't, I don't want to be this, be the all faith and flower show, but Jared is the, the sommelier at faith. And if there's any position in the service industry, I think is primed for the chopping block, so to speak, is a, is a sommelier because so much of what they do is table side. So much of what they do is in your face and, and that trust of, I open something outside of your eye, eye line and I'm going to try you on it. And you have to trust that it's not contaminated. It's not poison. It's, you know, it's actually good for you and you'll enjoy it. Um, and it's valuable. Uh, there's so much of that, that I think is hard for him to do currently. I think it's impossible to do currently. Uh, and it'll be hard to do in the future. Um, because who wants it? Who wants that song and dance? And what people don't know, a sommelier, sommelier is a is a car salesman in my eyes. They know you walked in to buy a car. They know you come in and you're going to buy a $40, $50 bottle of wine. Their job is to sell you on the, the, the primer undercoat and get you to spend $250, $300, $500, in some case, $1,000. Their job is to take your expectation of what you're going to spend and completely shatter it and, and, and make you want to spend that money and understand why this is so much better experience for you and make you happy in the end. And that is an art in itself, not to mention the years of knowledge they have to develop. But again, it's a luxury in this industry. Now I feel like so much of the luxuries of which make, make our industry great are, are gone for a minute. And even with the vaccine, does that come back? Do those luxuries come back in the same way? Does, does a customer want them back? You know, I, I, I one of the things you, you said is like, you know, the, you, it's just about that trust factors is like, do I trust this person to go and, you know, go somewhere else? You Because all that stuff is done. You're so right. The thing you brought up, Jared, too, because he he is too, uh, uh, like myself, a very theatrical person. You know, yeah. it, it is, he is, you know. Uh, and even, and even if he gets you to, you know, go from that $45 bottle to, and that's the thing that I really kind of love about him is that he does have a lot of bottles. It's like, you know, if you spend $15 more, yeah, you can get this thing. Exactly. And he's, he's really, he's really skilled and, and, um, a generous soul. And, and, and I, I love him very much. Um, but I, and I'm scared for him, you know, I'm, 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 I'm scared for him. I, I, I don't know how. You know, in the short term, no way. Yeah. Right. In the short term, and 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 my, and my and my real deep concern is for, you know, how's he going to make it? What's yeah. he going to do? 
how much how much attrition is there going to be? Yeah. You know, particularly with, you know, and, and not just amongst the people that I personally know and love, but the, you know, the, 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 the literally hundreds of thousands of other people out there that, 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 you know, this industry is completely, or this, this virus is completely gutted. Yeah. I mean, you, you know? talked about Gilberto, a guy who makes, you know, let's call it on his head. You'll probably be embarrassed, but guy makes six figures made six figures doing this job like you said supports a family of mm-hmm. of four mm-hmm. uh five uh and with his three kids and you know unemployment doesn't pay that money you know and then even with the restaurant open or was open you guys weren't doing anywhere near that amount of money yeah. and you know it's that's the part that makes me worried is how long does that comeback come or take to happen mm-hmm. and uh is I don't know. It's just, that's the part. I just, th- you know, the reason this all started is I just, in my bones, think it's, it's different and it will be different. And even with the vaccine, pe- yeah, people will come back, but is, do people want to spend two, $300 on a night out anymore? I mean, yeah, sure. They want to escapism and the, they might view it as such same reason they will spend the money on the concert when it opens back up, but is it going to be a sustainable practice like i think the statistic is 60 percent. i think it was like 63 percent of independent restaurants bars and restaurants are going to close by the end of the year because their margins are so thin people don't know that people don't realize that even a place like faith that is making 10 to fifteen thousand dollars a day on a slow day you know is struggling on a, on a monthly basis to pay their bills, to pay their salary, to pay their taxes, to, you know, they are a machine of a business and they still feel it. Now imagine you're a $1 million bar. Imagine your margins then. Um, that's the part that makes me want to do this is that I want these to be documented. I want these experiences to be known because I think they're, they're valid and they're just, and they, they're, there's a there's a through line to everyone who's worked in the industry, even if you worked there for just a year, you can relate. You have some similar experiences. I think us documenting that will remind us when the world does get back together that these things are important and that we should want to spend $300 on a meal. We should want to spend $20 at a dive bar. We should want to tip the person who made us feel good and forget about our lives for just 20 minutes. Um we should want to take care of those people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you have any last notes just to wrap up this, what we're talking about? To put a yeah, pin in it? You know, I, don't, I think it's, it's uh, you know, I, I think the, the thing that, uh, that, you know, you've touched on what we're the thrust of what we're talking about is, you know, there is a need and to recognize that need, acknowledge that need and do what we need to do as a, as a community to support that, um, uh, support that, that, that need. And for the government to, you know, to, to, to realize, I mean, they're bailing out all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, big, big, big corporations. And, and, uh, I mean, I look on the surface, I get why somebody like a Ruth Chris steakhouse would get bailed out because they're a national chain and they employ hundreds of thousands of people all over the country. I get it. Right. But they're not the ones who need it. At least they shouldn't need it. And if they do need it, then they've done something wrong with their franchising as a company. Isn't isn't that Landry corporation? Cause Landry has like a zillion 
restaurants. It's, yeah. it's you know, it, it, and owns, I think the Houston Rockets. So or like, or I'm thinking of a different organization, but you know, it's one of those guys. Right. So, right. I get it, but it's the people, you know, it's like the owner, I, I don't want to name her, but the, the owner of faith, like, you know, she's a very successful woman and she has more money than I have. And that you have, and a lot of people you have. can imagine, right. She, but she feels the pain of everyone who works there. She understands what she's offering and, and the job she's creating and supporting. And that restaurant based on just the way we do business is, is still successful, but still struggling at the same time. So was like still worrying about making, making sure that nobody cashed her check before, you know, four thirty before the banks close, like, because the, the account is needs time to replenish from the day before sales. Cause so much money comes in and out of it that people don't understand. So right, right. I get it. But I don't know. Um, okay, my friend. I'm I'm not sure this will be an ongoing segment, but I think we need a little cheeriness uh, after all that talk. Yes. So I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about making a segment called Have You Shat Where You Ate Before? Or, <laughs> or, awesome. or, or, or do you shit where you eat? Because uh, I don't think it's a current thing. It's a past tense thing for you. Well, but certainly you, for me because, yeah. Have you ever shit where you ate, sir? That would be listen, the way to phrase it. Listen, I'm t- I, was, I was hoping we were going to talk about the blowjobs in the break room I used to get <laughs> at, uh, <laughs> at, uh, at Time Cafe. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you here, 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 here's a funny story. Um, Oh my God, I don't know if I can tell the story. <laughs> Keep in mind, you, you do have a family that will probably listen to this. So, <laughs> yeah, I leave it to your hands to go wherever well, you want to no, go. Well, just, let's just, well, it's, it's, um, the, this, the, the, the quick answer is yes. I'm, I'll tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. All right. And this story, you know, there's something to the, idea of and they've even done like psychological studies about this like you're more likely to marry somebody within your zip code you're more likely to you know date somebody within your you know at work or whatever because the people that you see all the time and somebody that you might not sort of normally like at first glance look at somebody if you're just look at their picture you're like no not that i don't find that attractive yeah and then you you have these you know at times, uh, profoundly intimate, and I mean emotionally intimate, you know, moments with people and you see people going through their lives and, you know, people that you love and laugh with, because most people that enter into this business have a sort of a nature about them that, that this feels good and it's, and it's whatever. But if I were to just meet you on the street, I might not even give you a second look, but, but the fact that I spent time with you and, um, you become more and more because I've discovered the human being that you are Yeah. by spending time with you. Uh, you kind of, you, you will naturally kind of get attracted. You're like, wow, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Or, or you can also learn ugly things about people too. True. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, it works in, you know, both ways, but <clears throat> so I want to tell you about, um, well, we'll just call her Jane Doe. <laughs> but just just imagine that she had the most mellifluous Puerto Rican name you can possibly imagine. I mean, uh, it, 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 
I, when I say her name, it, it just is like, it's like poetry. Right. Um, uh, so, um, she was a hostess. I was a bartender and she was so beautiful. She had the most beautiful body. I'm, I, I'm, I'm objectifying right now. I'm going to own that. I'm objectifying right now. Please forgive me. <laughs> so fucking beautiful. I mean, I would just like, I mean, every curve, every like, Oh my God, she was beautiful. <laughs> anyway. And I was kind of relentless with her. It was like, I was like, when are you going to go out with me, Jane Doe? When are you just go out with me once, Jane Doe? Come on, Jane Doe. Jane Doe. And she's like, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. You're a bartender. No, uh-uh, you're a player. You're just, you're a player. Uh-uh, right. no. And, you know, then it be kind of became our bit. I knew it was never going to happen. She knew she was never going to do it. And then so that would be kind of our our, our thing. Right. Uh and, 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 you know, and then she would come up with the bar. We talk and, you know, we, we were friends, absolutely friends, but there was always that, you know, Cynthia, when are you going to, oops, Jane Doe, <laughs> uh, you're going to, when are you going to, come on, just, just once, just, come on, just go out with me, we'll have a good time. She's like, um, but we would then, all of us as, as a group, as you well know, after, yeah. You know, after uh, uh, the place closes, we, you know, we go and we, 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 you go out and you drink together, you hang together, whatever. Yeah. So relentless, relentless, this, this goes on. I worked there for, you know, for, I don't know, maybe less than a year or so, whatever. And I booked this job. I'm going to San Francisco to go do a play. And um, of course there's a big going away party. And, and I, where is that thing? I, I'll, this is kind of like the emotional thing I'm talking about. Our friend, my friend, our, my manager made me a book right that has see that's me as a bartender can you see that yeah right the top <laughs> cafe look at that look at that guy look how skinny he is i ate that guy um and everybody signed it and they put little messages you know yeah. there's another manager some friends that this molly she put it together you know and this is just filled with so many i've had this for over 25 years well, yeah. since 1998 or 9 right i love this thing uh, so the, uh, uh, so this last night, uh, that, that I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the next day we're having there and we're having a big party. We all go out and we're, we're partying. We go into drinking at bars and everybody's there. You know, most of the front of house staff is all there right. and Cynthia and Jane Doe is there. Uh, and we're out and we're partying, whatever. And we end up back at my apartment on the Upper West Side and it's, you know, we get a bunch of beers and we go back and, you know, it's, it's like three or four o'clock in the morning. The crowd's thinned out a bit. Maybe there's like five or six people left, including Jane Doe. And it's like, and I'm wasted, totally wasted. And I, and I'm sitting there going, oh, shit. And she wasn't really a huge partier, you know, she's right. kind of a good girl. Um, and and yeah, she is four o'clock in the morning. What are you doing here? She looks at me and she goes, "What do you think I'm doing?" <laughs> and I was like, "Gotta go, guys. Good night." Grabbed her hand and we we uh, we spent the better part of the uh, early morning, the early morning together, and it was it was beautiful and it was unexpected and it right. was and it was it was it was uh uh you know a, a beautiful blessed night and uh 
uh, I've never seen her since then. I've never, I've never like, you know, uh, um, never really tried to look her up or anything yeah. or, but it was just that, like, it's those kind of moments. Like I'll never forget that moment for the rest of yeah. my life. And as hammered as I was, <laughs> I'll never forget it. It's, um, it's that, it's, it's that. So oh. what's, 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 what started as could been, you know, dear penthouse forum. I never believed this would happen to me. It was actually kind of sweet, you know. It was kind of a sweet story. It was. It was a sweet story. It was, you know, because it was. The, you know, it was. It was. It really was. And 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 wherever you are, Jane Doe, thank you. You're right here all the time. <laughs> Something about those uh, last day of work, you know, flings. Yeah, I do an episode on that. Yeah. Right. Um, well, awesome, man. This was a lot of fun. I will. Give you the last note, your last thoughts on the state of the industry. Um, you know, I know, I know you're back out of work again because it just got closed down for a few days, maybe a few weeks, who knows. But just kind of sum up how, how it's been for you working in it and, and, and your thoughts on where we're going and, and we'll, we'll end there. I'll tell you what, man, if it's the dumbest thing I've ever, my wife and I, uh, our retirement plan is we want to open up a bar. Yeah. We want to open up a restaurant. This is how much I love this business. And I, and, and I believe that it's important. And it's, uh, as we've talked about the ideas of community and connection and, and family and, you know, the things that draw us together organically um, as human beings, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know what the short term is. I have tremendous hope and pray for a, 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 a return to some kind of normalcy in the long term. Um, but but at the end of the day, it, it you know I, I, as we try and pull it apart, there's just it's just don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fascinating to see what you know what does happen, and I hope that our discussions are able to sort of you know. Um, uh, um, illuminate in some way for the, the public at large how you know what how 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 beautiful this industry can be yeah and how fucked up it sometimes is <laughs> i agree my friend uh i'm, I'm hopeful too i know that it sometimes can come off as not i'm just more or less a realist in my head and that can come across as cynical from time to time. And to be frankly, I'm quite cynical to be honest, but I am hopeful for our industry. Um, As long as there's guys like you working in it, I think we're, you know, we have a good foundation uh, to move forward and get through this. Um, Before we go, Anil, uh, let's give you a plug. Where can people find you, follow you? you Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you can find me. I am, I am at, Monkey Man Kumar, M-O-N-K-E-Y-M-A-N-K-U-M-A-R. I'll put it down here somewhere. Yeah, at Monkey Man Kumar across all social media. All right. And then Twitter, to re- Facebook, all that stuff, you know, uh, Instagram, you'll be able to find me there. And then I think this is a fitting way to get, you know, to ask all the guests. The show's called Corner. For those who don't know, that is something we say in the kitchen as we turn a corner with usually a plate, plates and plates of dishes uh so to see us out anil give me your best corner 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 <laughs> no wait corner corner <laughs> 
I, I ended up just getting sing song with a, you know, half the time. Yeah. Well, I remember Pete, Pete's corner was like, he would whistle like a bird. Yeah. All right, my friend, this has oh, been man, fun. What great fun. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. Inviting me. Thank yeah. you for inviting me. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. And, uh, and, and ha- I'd love to come back whenever you want. Definitely. Definitely. And we can do this again. This is really, really cool. I'm glad you're doing it. Well, uh, Best of luck with everything going on. Hopefully, you know, we can get you back to work soon. But yes. as long as it's safe, uh, all the best to your wife and your family. And Thank you. you for being my first guest. Uh, this was a pleasure. Um, I love you, man. Thank you for doing this. Man, yeah. All right, man. We'll, 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 we'll talk later, but I, I yeah. love you too, man. We'll talk. All right, buddy. Bye. Have a good one.